All right, so, so last week we, we said, said we felt led that the Lord was leading our church to fast for the next three weeks. And uh, starting today and concluding on January 31st at the end of church service. And we felt uh, a few reasons why. We, we, we felt that, uh, I felt that we're giving the Lord the first fruits of our year. I mean, it's just kind of January's a great time to fast get realigned, hear from the Lord. And uh, I thought it was good to coincide with basically celebrating four years of, of being a quote-unquote church. And we've been through many transitions, but, but we're celebrating four years. And I just think what the Lord is going to be doing, it's a good time for us to be seeking after Him. Okay? And the verse that we're using is this, is out of, is out of Song of Songs 8.5. It says, Who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And, and, and I told you last week that this idea of, of us leaning upon our bridegroom king is how he intends for us to live our life. He, he doesn't desire us to be self-sufficient, okay? He doesn't desire us to, to, to operate in our own strength, our own power, our own anointing, our own anything. He desires us to live our life leaning on him. And that leaning upon our beloved, again, just for those that weren't here, that word leaning, it literally means to, to lean up against and as if he was supporting all of our weight. But it also means that every step that we take with him, that he renews us moment by moment by moment in that leaning and so it's not a posture of exhaustion it's actually a posture of of strength through our weakness and he's looking in this hour i believe that like all everything that's happened over the last year with 2020 uh, COVID, all this type of stuff the political turmoil the lord is looking for a church the lord is looking for a group of people that says you know what I'm done doing it my own way. I'm done trying it the way it's been tried. I'm going to go back to the basics and I'm going to learn to lean on my beloved. And that leaning on our beloved, it is a posture of the utmost trust because if he moves... Right? Like if he moves, like we got to believe that he's not going to let us fall. He's actually going to lead us gently to wherever he wants us to go in this season. And so, so I'm just going to read this part verbatim because I like the way I wrote it. I think it's from the Lord. And, and it's what I read last week, but I just want to read again. This will be a consecrated time set aside to seek God as a corporate body, we're asking everyone to fast food in some way, shape, or form. There's different types of fasts. You can do water. You can do water only. You can do Daniel. You can do a combination. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. And, and the Lord's led us specifically April and I to fast a particular way. We're going to do it. And I know others are going to do it very differently. I know that over the next three weeks, I'm going to miss my monster energy drinks because I have discovered I really like those. And probably way too much. And so, uh, so but I, I, there's lots of other things we'll be doing. But anyway, the Lord, he's leading us to do this. Now, listen, when we fast, there's, there's a time and a season for different types of fast. We're not fasting for breakthroughs. Okay, there's not I, like at least in my heart, there's not something that I want to spend the next few weeks and just say, Lord, I want you to answer in this. Like, I, I believe what the Lord wants to do is just draw us closer to him. And 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 so that's why we led with that song of songs eight that who is this leaning upon uh, who is this coming up out of the wilderness? Well, I think this is a time for us to draw away with the Lord into the wilderness where he begins to proclaim his jealous love over us as, as part of uh, what else we talked about last week. And so, and so the Lord's leading us into this time because, again, he's wanting a group of people that want and want 
and are completely devoted only unto him. And he wants us for himself. That's what's wild. Like, like I'm, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm married to April. I want her for myself. I'm not going to share her, <laughs> nor would she want to be shared. But, but, but I'm not going to share her. I'm jealous for her. And in the same way, the Lord is jealous for his church and for his people, all right? And so he takes us and he leads us out into the wilderness. That's, that's, that's what Hosea 2.14, therefore behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Again, this is review, but it's so, so important. The Lord leads us into seasons where he takes, he leads us into seasons where we just simply draw away with him. And when he we draw away with him when he speaks kindly to us. It's where he teaches us to trust him greater than we already trust him. That's why he says, I will speak kindly to her. He speaks words. The Lord brags about himself to, uh, brags about himself to his people saying, I'm good, I'm faithful, I'm kind, I'm merciful, I'm just, I'm righteous, I'm holy. He takes us into these seasons to further convince us. I look around the room. I don't have to convince any of you all that Jesus is real and that he died your sins that just who's here today you don't need to convince of that but i believe that we all need convinced that he's i almost said gooder <laughs> but, but 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 we all need convinced that he's more good than we already believe that he is we all need convinced that he's more trustworthy than we already believe that he is thank you bob like we we, we just we we need convinced of these things and so setting aside time to go after him further convinces us and i'm telling you like i'm not a doom and gloom guy by by any means that's that's not my heart I'm, I'm a glass half full type of person that's how i live my life and but i'm telling you with the way everything is in the world right here and right now we need to be a people that fully trust god when it looks like everything's going to hell in a handbasket out there we need to be the people that say he's still good he's still in charge he's still mighty he's still sovereign he's still in control he hasn't forgotten what he's doing he hasn't forsaken his people People, we need to be the people that fully trust him. And the only way the trust is built is by building relationship and intimacy with anyone for that matter. But the only way trust is built is by spending time with him. And he convinces you of that very truth. That's what he's asking us to do. For many of us, this is a time of drawing away with God and it'll be a time in which he sweeps us off our feet once again and restores us to our first love. Now, I say all that to get into what I, the, the passage that I wanted to share from today. And, and I paraphrased it last week, but I felt like we need to go deeper into it. And, and so, if you will, look at Matthew chapter 4. Look at Matthew 4, and, 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 and starting with verse 1. And this is when Jesus goes out into the wilderness. The Spirit leads him into the wilderness, a time of drawing away from everything, and, and, and a, a time where really he had to learn to lean upon the Father. And again, like I, I said this last week, but I think it's fascinating that just right before it, <coughs> right before it, in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus meets John the Baptist, 
meets John the Baptist. John baptizes him. It says that the people were praying. Jesus was baptized. And the people were baptized. And the Spirit descended or landed upon Christ like a dove and remained. And so he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you would think in that moment that it would be like, all right, he's going to go directly into signs, wonders, miracles. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to raise the dead. He's going to cleanse the lepers. He's going to cast out demons. He's going to do all the stuff that we have read that Jesus did. And it says immediately after that, he was taken out into the wilderness. And I think that's so, so important. I actually... In, in, and we'll see here with the different temptations that he went through. I, I think having these times where we draw away with God are of the utmost importance. Because if we do not do it, we will get full of ourselves, And we'll think it's, a, we'll think it's our, we're a, 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 I don't know, we think it's our own special gifting. We think it's, 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 it's about us. And because, I mean, Jesus is filled with Holy Ghost fire. I mean, like he's, he's ready to go. And the Lord's like, I want you to learn to depend on me even more than you already know how to. So he goes out into the wilderness. And so let's just read this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That phrase struck me this week, by the way. Like, it says he was led up into the wilderness again i think we need to reframe how we view wilderness seasons because i think wilderness seasons are seasons where we grow close to the lord desert seasons are when we've walked away from the lord that's dry the wilderness the lord takes care of us but he's led up and this time we are i don't know if uh, devotionally ascending the hill of the lord to draw away with him and so we're being led up into this place where he proclaims his jealous love to us but jesus was led up by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and he had and after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights he then became hungry. <laughs> that, that, that phrase right there is wild in of itself. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Like, I ate dinner last night at 7.30 p.m., and my belly's growling right now, right? And I'm thinking of what will I actually eat today because I'm giving up certain things. I'm like, I, it just doesn't sound that great, and I'm hungry, right? But Jesus, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he became hungry, and then the tempter said to him, and this is what I want to warn you about, that when you begin to seek the Lord, and as you begin to go after the Lord, it's when you're most tired, and it's when you're most worn out, that you're the most vulnerable. And that's typically when things come up against you, and, 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 and you get tempted, or something happens in your life. And so as you embark on this time of seeking after the Lord, don't grow weary in your well-doing. And, and, and also understand that it will not be easy, because there will be things that begin to rise to the surface. There'll be things that happen, and that's where we just got to stay focused and continue to press in, all right? So, and then he showed up, he, and the tempter showed up and came to him said if you are the son of god command that these stones become bread but he answered and said it is written jesus responded it is written man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god then the devil came and and or then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you're the son of god throw yourself down 
For it is written, He will command angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that He will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it's written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to the very high mountains and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Go, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And verse 11, Then the devil left him, and, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so a, a couple of quick things. Again, when you're most tired and worn out, that's when... That's when you need to be most guarded. That's when you really need to do due diligence and guard your heart. Okay? So he goes out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and the enemy shows up. And the first thing that happens is, is the enemy, I'm just going to say, like the enemy knows the word because he quotes the word to Jesus three times. So he knows the word, and, but, but he perverts what the word says. And so as you go through this season, I just want to give this... Per, I don't know, warning that we just need to be in the Word and know what His Word is and understand His voice because, again, it'll be twisted. There's truth and then there's slight truth. And a slight truth isn't the truth. The truth is the truth, all right? So, so that being said, this is a time for us to begin to get renewed in the Word. And it's like, okay, I came to church this Sunday morning for you to say, you need to be in the Word. Yes, you did. It's like, well, I want to learn something new. I think, I'm like, man, I think we need to get this. We need to get this. Like, this, this, this is life. And so, so this is life. The tempter came and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Because why did he need bread? Because Jesus was hungry, right? He hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. And so, so, so the devil says, turn these stones, become bread. You're the son of God. Like Jesus could have just went, poof, and they became bread. Like he had that power and that ability. But Philippians says he laid all of that aside and chose to, when he lived on earth, he was, he was fully God and he's fully man, but he walked on the earth. He laid all that power aside to live as a man that was living in right communion with God. That's what he ended up doing. And so when the devil says, turn that into bread, first of all, Jesus already chosen. He wasn't going to do anything like that and he says man doesn't live by bread alone but every rhema word that comes out of the mouth of God and so he's saying the words that God speaks that's where my nourishment is the words that God speaks that's how I get my belly full the words that God speaks they bring sustenance nourishment they bring me what I need they bring me comfort at 2 a.m. when I go and I open up my fridge and I'm hungry right I want to I want to eat a little bit whatever Jesus is going no 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 listen what I need is to hear a word from the Lord. What I need is to hear a word from my Father. And so he rebukes him with that. And as we go through this season, and this really shouldn't even be a season, I think this is a lifestyle that the Lord is inviting his people into, is to be a people that saturates in the living word of God so that we can hear the rhema word of God. I promise you, if you don't know this, it's going to be hard to hear this. 
It's just going to be. Now, do not feel guilty. Like, do not feel guilty when you hear someone rattle off a bunch of scriptures because they prayed their best King James prayer and, or whatever. Like, I, I'm just saying, wherever you're at right now with the Lord, He's calling you deeper. Amen. Do not compare yourself to anyone else. But He's calling you all deeper. He's calling me deeper. He's calling us all deeper. And fast, I think Jesus proves in this, Fast are not designed to make you hungry. Fast are designed to stir up hunger. Fast aren't designed to make you hungry. Fast are designed to stir up hunger. Man, that live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the Father's mouth. Jesus is saying, look, <laughs> yeah, I could turn those, <laughs> I could turn that into like, I don't know, Olive Garden bread with butter, right? Like, I could turn that into that right here. That sounds real good. I could turn that into that right here and right now, but I don't live by that. I live by what my Father says. See, when you go and you begin to draw away and seek after the Lord, it puts us in a position where we live on those words from His mouth and what it does is it puts us in a position and it exposes our dependency upon other things than the Lord. It exposes our dependency upon other things. And, and if, we're, if we're honest, it's really, it's really, really easy to learn how to have coping mechanisms and how to deal with the things in life. It's right. so, I mean, like, and, and, and I'm not just using food as an example, but I'm stressed out, so I run to the refrigerator, right? right? Yeah. Or I feel like I'm inadequate, so I go and swipe a credit card. Right. Like, like we, it's really easy to live life that way. What if the Lord wants to raise up people that says, you know what, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to use this time to draw away and the things that I use, the things that I use to cope, the things that I use to fill the void, the things that I use to, to, to self-medicate because I feel empty or because I feel like I have this lack. I'm going to learn in this time to depend on what he's saying to me to get me through. Like that's what he wants out of his church, folks. And that looks revolutionary to me. It's, uh, listen, it, it's not revolutionary to type 140 characters and hit send and post them on your phone to a social media website. That's not revolutionary. Because re anyone can hide behind a phone, a screen, or a keyboard. What's revolutionary is when people say, I'm going after God, and I'm going to depend on what he says. To, it's a lot, Rob McCorkle says, life is in the voice. If, if we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father, then we die by the absence of it. All right. I also believe that as you draw away with the Lord and seek after him, he brings new revelation. Like it's, it's not, listen, you're not, do, you're not doing this to earn God's approval. You're already approved. Like he went, he stamped approved the moment that he sent Jesus to die. Right now, you still have to surrender and give your life to him, all that whole stuff. But I'm saying like you, this, this isn't about earning his favor. This isn't about paying penance for past sins or past mistakes. This is about positioning our hearts where you can hear from him. And when you do this, he gives new revelation. He gives new insight. He gives new callings. He gives new giftings. He, he gives new burden. He does all of these things. He does all these things when we seek after him.
Now it's a time for us to begin to learn to really trust God. Let's be honest, like, I'll be the first to admit, and, and, I, don't, and I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this, I'll be the first to admit I was disappointed with how November turned out, okay? That being said, my hope is still in Him. My hope is still in Jesus, all right? And, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to make a statement. I'm just saying that, that for too long we've put our hope in men and women that are fallible, that have character flaws, and we think that that's going to determine and dictate what happens in the church. And what happens in the church is going to be dictated by men and women of God that say, you know what, some, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I will put my hope in the name of the Lord. Like, that's what he's looking for in this hour. And to me, to me, that's what the world absolutely needs right now. Like, like I'm praying for the state of our country. Like I'm grieved over what's going on. And, and like, I even, I even I, like, I, I, I grieve for what's going on. I think we, we need to get back to our roots and some of the basics of just being people that love God and love each other. And we need to do these types of things, but it will not happen if we're waiting on someone to legislate it. It will happen if we say, you know what, we're going to go after him. We're going to be a, a, a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a people that solely belong to God. And then, and only then, then, then it influences society and everyone else around it. But it happens. It's, I mean, like, how can I ask someone to trust God if I don't trust God? Right. Huh. Come join my club. Like, like I, I'm 38 years old, dude. I've been in enough clubs. My, I don't want to join a club. But if I see you're living your life and everyone else is angry, and everyone else is fired up, and everyone else is filled with hate and, and animosity, and you're filled with love and kindness and mercy and or righteousness, joy and peace. We'll say that because that's what the kingdom of heaven is. If you're living like that, I'm thinking, man, there's something different about that. Why, why am I living like this when these people are living like this? Like I think that's what the Lord's trying to raise up in this time, and it comes by way of trusting Him. So the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to them if you're the son of god throw yourself down for it's written he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone jesus said to him well on the other hand it's written you should not put the lord your god to the test this listen this temptation it was a temptation to capitalize on the fact for Jesus to prove that he was a son of God. That was like, all right, fine. You're going to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, you prove that you're the son of God. Jesus is like, I don't got anything to prove. Listen, you don't have anything to prove to anyone. What he says, like Jesus, I mean, Jesus had just, like Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? People were, baptized, people were praying. Jesus was baptized. People were baptized. Holy Spirit came and landed on as a dove. And then a voice from heaven came and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Before Jesus ever healed anyone, before Jesus ever preached a sermon, before Jesus ever did anything, before Jesus turned water and wine, his father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And for us, before you ever go do something great, for God. I think that I, I shouldn't even say it like that. 
But before you ever go do anything for the Lord, you give your life to him. He says, that's my son or my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. You can take the pressure off of having to be someone. You can take the pressure off from being Sally Super Christian. Right? That's what was wrong. I'm sorry. That's what was wrong with the holiness movement in the early 1900s. Wear the dress, wear the hair in the bun, wear the jet, whatever. Like, I, I understand what they were doing. But it's not about the do's and do nots. It's about us being in love with the king. And it's about us, like us being so ravished by his heart that those things are no longer a temptation whatsoever anymore. And like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think about certain things in my life. Like just, just, there's, there's some stuff that I just don't wrestle with whatsoever. We call it sanctification. But some things have just lost their taste simply because I'm like, I, I wouldn't ever want to do anything that hurts his heart. Wouldn't want to do anything that hurts his heart. And so, so this was a temptation for Jesus to prove himself. Now, now, Jesus was being tested over restraining his power as the anointed one and waiting until the timing of God. That's a hard one, too, by the way. <laughs> like, because the, the enemy's like, go ahead and prove it. Well, it wasn't time for him to prove it. And actually, he kind of got a little bit ahead, too, when he turned water into wine because Jesus told his mom, it's, it's not my appointed time yet. But he goes ahead and does it because she just has the utmost faith in him. And that's a whole other sermon in of itself. But, but I'm saying right here and right now that Jesus... Jesus, when he said this, he's saying, it's not my time, man. But when, I, when it is time, I'm going to respond. Yeah. And, and Jesus is showing us, Jesus is showing us what I believe is the standard of Christianity in this. And, and this comes from, from John, John chapter 5. It says this, and this will make sense. I'll unpack it here uh, <laughs> relatively quick. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. Unless it is something he sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, these things the Son does in likewise manner. And in John chapter 8, uh, 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative. But I speak the things the Father has taught me, or I speak the things the Father has said to me. And so Jesus is telling the enemy right here, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to do that because I haven't first saw or heard my father doing it. And so for us as a Christian people, like what would it look like if we didn't make any decisions unless we first heard the Lord say it to us? What would it look like if we didn't first see the Lord do it? And, and like, I, I'm not to where I see it. I'm not, I'm not to where I see it, but I sure feel like sometimes I hear it. And it's not, again, we joked last week, it's not the Morgan Freeman, like, uh, I'm God type voice. So most often, most often, it is a still small whisper, or it's an inclination, or it's a leading, or it's a series of events that lead you to a certain place. You're like, this has to be the Lord. But if we're not pressed in, we'll miss those little leanings. Because I, I believe this with all of my heart, that the Lord speaks, and when God God speaks, he speaks just a little bit quieter than the most quiet voice in your life because he will not argue and he will not try to, he won't fight with anyone else is what I'm trying to say. He won't compete with any other voice. He just won't. And so that's why we have to quiet ourselves to hear from him. And in that quieting, in that quieting, we learn to trust him.
you know, when, when the devil said, when, when the devil said this, and Jesus says, you don't put the Lord your God to test, Jesus is saying, like, when it's time for me to do it, I'm going to. But I'm not going to run out ahead of the plans of the Lord. How many times, like, maybe this is just me, but how many times have we, like, we got way out ahead of the Lord? We got way out ahead of him, and we're like, Jesus, would you catch up with me, please? Right? I need you to bless what I'm doing, so would you get up here? And Jesus like, I was perfectly great right back here. You see, Dan says a lot that you gotta you gotta slow down to catch up with Jesus, and and like I I, I think for us, like what does that even look like? I, I I think it's living a life of peace. I think it's living a life of devotion. For some of us, it may be just simply slowing down in life. For some of us, it may be saying no to some things. For some of us, it may be trusting the Lord in different things. I, it's going to look different all around the room because we're all different. But I'm telling you, the only way you can slow down and catch up with him as if you trust that he actually knows what he's doing my propensity is i want to like run out ahead and fix something right but what if i need to wait for the lord what if it's really like what moses said to the israelites (laughs) you do not need to fight you only need to stand still when you're between an army and a red sea how in the world you stand still when and moses says you don't need to fight y'all just need to stand still and the lord's gonna take care of it like when it and 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 most of the time the lord shows up at the very last moment i don't know i'm I know this is different today, but I just I just feel the Lord just saying, look at what Jesus has done and use that as a model, because I think it really is the model. Now, here's the next here's the next thing. (laughs) Oh, this is a time. This is a time to have first love restored. Mike Bickle, like. He's made a ministry in Kansas City out of sitting at the feet of Jesus and just telling people, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, it's that simple. But I, I think that first love, that, that first love devotion, or that one thing life is what he's calling us to do. You know, verse 8, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things i give to you but only if you fall down and worship me and jesus said to them said to him go it is written you shall love the lord your god and serve him only listen the devil is after your worship i don't think he's after to make you have a bad day I, okay i think he's after your worship and your heart and your devotion when you're having a bad day you're thinking you know it's not the lord and it's not some knucklehead decision that you made it's not the enemy just trying to mess with you what he's trying to do is divert your eyes off of jesus and place them on your circumstances and what you stare and obsess about is what you are worshiping so he was offering jesus a shortcut to what is rightfully jesus's anyway 
He says, you worship me, man, all this stuff's yours. And Jesus already knew, I mean, Jesus is the word. He's the, he's the living enfleshment of the word. Jesus already knew that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. He already knew that, he already knew that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord was going to begin to cover the world as, as the, or cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Like he already knew these things. And like the devil's like, you can take a shortcut. And, and I, I say this to us this morning that where you believe the Lord's calling you, there's no shortcuts to get there. There's no shortcuts to get there. How you get there, how you get there is day in and day out fostering relationship with him. There's there's no easy, like, this is what's crazy, like the the fad diets are fad diets, and, and they get people quick results, but the moment they stop, they balloon up and they're bigger than they were before. I've been there and done that, right? Lost the 30 pounds and gained 40 back, right? Like, like there's no easy fix and there is no easy way into relationship with him. And so when we're drawing away with him, there's going to be like, look, look, there's moments when I've been praying in my room and when, when I, I know he's there, like theologically, I know he's there in the room. But there's been times when I've prayed where I felt like I was talking to an empty room. And either I'm crazy in that moment and out of my mind, or he's really real. And just because I don't sense him or feel him doesn't negate the fact that he's still there, right? And it does and there's been times where I've been, all I've been able to do is, 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 is just cry when I go into my prayer room and cry when I read my Bible and I'm like, I don't remember what I just read because I was crying the whole time. Well, it doesn't really matter. You get through that hard time and then boom, he begins to speak. But I, it, it's, it's about cultivating that relationship. When I, I joke about my wife and I's relationship a lot, but when I first met her, I wasn't like, hey, pretty lady. And it was like, oh, she wants to marry me. I wish it would have been that easy. <laughs> we, we, we actually started dating like at the advent of cell phones, right? And she was in Kansas. I was in Ohio. We were apart for several months. And like, I don't know the percentage, but it was a big percent of my paycheck was going to buy phone cards. I don't know if anyone remembers phone cards. I'd go buy my phone card so I could talk long distance to my wife so it would not bill my parents on their, on their home phone line. But on those phone card phone calls where we would spend hours on end, late into the night, early into the morning, we would share our hopes and our dreams and what we wanted if we ever one day had a family what we wanted life to look like. And this is before Jesus' days, but what we wanted life to look like, what we wanted careers to look like, what our favorite color was, what our favorite food is, what are things we liked, what are things we disliked. And I tell people too, by the way, that if you're getting married, just be upfront about that stuff. I got stuck eating lemon chicken for the first year and a half of my marriage and I hated it. but I didn't have the heart to tell her I couldn't stand it. (laughs) But you begin to learn that person's heart. And the last almost 18 years walking with this woman, I love her now more than I ever have. I trust her more than I ever have. 
right? There's not even a question whether she loves me. There's not a question that if I do something stupid, that she's, well, she's going to lecture me and bawl me out, but she's going to have my back too. There's no doubt whatsoever. But that takes time to build that trust up. That takes time to build that relationship up. And so when it comes to the kingdom of God, we, we come into that saving grace instantaneously, but it's not done right then and there, folks. It's about nurturing that day in and day out. It's about getting that phone card and having those calls with him, if you will, and talking and learning all these things. And sometimes, sometimes there's seasons like, I, I'll be honest, like there were, there were times where I'd be on the phone with, with April when we were dating and we weren't talking. It was just this, which I hate, right? I can't stand to listen to someone breathe on the phone. It drives me absolutely nuts. But I didn't want to get off the phone with her because I just want to still be connected to her some way, shape, or form. There's times when you begin to seek God and you're not hearing anything other than you breathing. And you've got to learn to embrace that. You've got to learn to embrace that. And be like, well, I, he's still here. Now, what's hard is this in the same line is that when we were talking, there were there were some things that we we really clashed on when we were when we were dating. And there were things that we really clashed on when we went through our marital counseling. <laughs> like, like I thought my uncle was trying to get us divorced before we ever got married. Like <sighs> there was <laughs> like, but but what he did is he said, and he caused things to come to the surface so that we would deal with them ahead of time. So that when we were forced with, faced with trials and tribulations, we'd be prepared to handle them because we knew what the other one thought. You see, as you seek after the Lord, the Lord will begin to put his finger on things and things will come to the surface that you didn't really even know that was there. And it's not a bad thing. It's just the Lord wanting to deal with it so he can begin to walk closer with you than you've ever walked with him before. That's what it's all about. And I don't want to belabor this and I don't want to belabor our time, but he's calling us into this time because what happens when he starts putting his finger on something? He puts his finger on something, you repent, you make that change, you do whatever he wants you to do. And then you'll think like, and most of us are scared to death to experience conviction. Most people are like we, we live in a, such a way that it's like, I don't want to go there because I'm afraid of what God will say. It's that whole prayer that like people that are called in the ministry jokingly say, like, I want to go into ministry, but I'm afraid he'll call me to move to where Timbuktu in Africa. Like we're afraid of where he's going to send us. But and sometimes we're afraid to experience him or hear from him because we're afraid of what he's going to say. And what he speaks to you, I promise you, is is, is it's always going to be for your benefit. Yeah. It may not be for your quote unquote prosperity in the sense that 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 just false teachers teach, but it will be for your benefit. It's going to be for your good. Like when Ethan's little, he went to reach for the stove. No, right? Why were we being mean to him, or is it because we love him and we don't want him to get burned? 
the Lord, when he corrects, it's because he loves and he cares. And so I just want you to be prepared as whether it's during this three weeks or whether it's the rest of your life. When you draw away with the Lord, things come to the surface. And sometimes it's things that you don't want to deal with. And sometimes it's things that you don't like. And yet it's for your benefit. Now, this is the promise of the Lord, and it's verse 11. In verse 11, it says this, once he was done, the devil left, and then it says, and then the angels came and ministered to him. That's the promise right there. All of that makes the wilderness, all of that makes drawing away worth it. The word ministered, it's, it's where we get our word deacon from. But it means to attend to, it means to nurture, it means to basically repair that which was broken. And that's a real, that phrase is a poor translation, but I'm trying to help you understand what that means. It it, it means to wait on with the purpose of reinvigorating. So what does that look like for us that we're going to go through this thing as hard? (laughs) And yet at the same time, it's hard, it's rewarding and fruitful. And as it's rewarding and fruitful, he comes and he ministers to your heart. Like it's, there's been time, there's been conversations. I had to call someone this week and apologize for something that I had said that I did. Said and behaved. And I hadn't thought anything of it. And I got so deeply convicted of my behavior. And I thought, well, I'd just rather not address that because they're good people and they'll let it go. But the Lord said, address it. But I'll tell you what it was like. In that moment, it was hard to muster up the words and say what it was. And say how I say, I'm sorry for my behavior. And they were so kind and so gracious. I got that call. And that weight that I knew I'd been carrying, but I didn't know I had been carrying (laughs) until the Lord showed it to me. It was just like the Lord went. Pulled that away. I just sat there in the Lord's presence. And he ministered to me. I wouldn't have experienced that moment if I hadn't allowed him to reveal that. And I, I don't say that to puff me up. I'm, I'm saying this because I'm trying to be as honest as I possibly can. This is going to be hard, but it's going to be good because he always comes. It, what kind of a father would have left Jesus? Jesus goes through these 40 days and 40 nights and temptation. What kind of father had been like, well, son... You got this and left him laying there, but he didn't. He goes and he says, okay, you're drawing closer to me. Now let me help you. Let me mold you. Let me shape you. Let me renew you. Let me give you strength. It's the Lord's heart. It's the Lord's heart. And there's, and sometimes it's 40 days and sometimes it's four years. There's things that we've been praying for for years that the Lord's just finally breathing on. And there's things that he hasn't spoken to. But I know there's going to come a moment where he's like, all right, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring a touch to whatever that is. But it does not come unless I learn 
to trust Him through these seasons, and it doesn't come unless I learn to get away with Him. And I, and I hope you hear my heart like this. I'll tell you what, I didn't preach it like I, I wrote my notes. I'll tell you that. Now, I stuck to my notes. <laughs> I stuck to my notes today. But I feel the Lord's tender heart in this. I thought it was going to come out like fire. But I feel the Lord's tenderness saying, I, I want you to draw away with me. I want you to draw away with me. I'm safe. I want to hear your voice. Some of you are like, I don't know how to read my Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to read it. <laughs> I don't know how to pray. Ask the Spirit to teach you how to pray. Right? Uh, and, and get to know him as a person because he is a real person. And begin to communicate with him and then shut your mouth long enough to listen. <laughs> right? And when he's speaking, don't interrupt him. That drives me nuts too, by the way, right? There's nothing more, there is nothing worse than having a conversation with someone that always cuts you off, cuts you off, cuts you off. Maybe this is a season just to listen. I don't, I don't know, but I, know, I, I don't know this, but I don't know a lot, but I know this, that the Lord is looking for a bride that's willing to draw away with him. I'm just, I'm done. I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm just going to pray and ask the Lord to help us and to give us strength. And, and, and here's what I'll say. We're calling a fast as a church, because I believe the Lord asked us to. But I believe the Lord's really asking us to enter into a lifestyle. And when enough people live a lifestyle, when enough people live a lifestyle, it impacts a neighborhood. And when enough people in a neighborhood live a lifestyle, it affects a city. And when enough people in a city live a lifestyle, it affects a region. And when enough people in a region live a life, it affects a nation. But it starts with us in this personal devotion unto Jesus. And then when we come here, we can sing a song like Worthy of It All, which is like the most simple worship song. Day and night, let incense rise. I don't know, 10, 15 different words total in that entire song. And we can sing a song like that. And every time we sing those lyrics, it feels brand new and fresh. Come on. Right. Because he's worthy, because we're learning. We, we are, a song like that is an outward expression of what he's doing inwardly yeah. when we're alone with him. So Jesus, I love you. I adore you. Huh. I'm thankful. I'm thankful it come, come, came out different than I thought. <laughs> I'm thankful that you're leading us into this, Lord. I believe that it is just, I believe that your timing is perfect. I believe that you're perfect in all of your ways, Lord. And I would pray, Lord, that over the upcoming few weeks, that you teach us how to draw away with you and to hear your voice, Jesus. I pray, Lord, for fresh encounters for the people of this church, Jesus. I pray for fresh encounters for the people who's visiting, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you teach us to hear your voice. I pray we get to experience you in new and real ways, Lord. I would pray that we go deeper and further into the river of God than we ever have before. I, I say, Lord, I just want to go out into the waters and you sweep me away, Lord. 
And so I, I say for all of us, Lord, just whisk us away in this moment, Jesus. Let this group of people be the people that love you fiercely and intently and, and wildly, Lord. Let this be the group of people that when they're walking down the streets, they, they, they're not turning their eyes down to avoid eye contact with people, but they're the ones that have eyes filled with fire because they've been gazing at the one whose eyes burn like fire right here and right now, Lord. And so I, I pray, Lord, you draw us close in this time. I, I pray you make your voice known very, very clearly, Jesus. Hmm. And I pray, Lord, that I'm, I pray, Lord, that you use this group of people to win this neighborhood and to win this city and to win this region, Lord. And I know, Lord, every time I say stuff like that, I feel pushback in the spirit just because we look around and there's 40, 50 of us on a big week. And I just say, Jesus, we don't look. We don't look around at what man says or thinks, but we are just fixed on you. And we know that with you, all things are possible, Lord. And so, Lord, I love you and I bless you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the River City Hope Church podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on social media. For ways to give and more information, go to hope4rivercity.com. Hope4rivercity.com.